Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. To support our podcast with a one-time financial donation, please visit livinghour.org slash donate. Thank you. Today's reading was edited and adapted from Personal Power by Keith J. Thomas, published in 1917. Our own mind is for our own use. We cannot exert any of its power without affecting ourselves. Feelings of anger affect us physically. Indeed, they hurt us and do not harm the object of our displeasure. There are what may be termed positive and negative forces of mind. Active sympathy is a positive quality. Indifference is a negative one. When we exercise a benevolent feeling of mind, it has some practical use, and this is clearly understood in the case of sympathy. Sympathy is a good sentiment. We were meant to be compassionate, and if a habit of mind is good, it must produce some good effect on our lives. The value of sympathy lies in its power to harmonize minds, so that one can become susceptible to the influence of another's thoughts. You will find that the cultivation of sympathy will draw people toward you. They instinctively open their hearts to a sympathetic listener. When two brains are tuned up to sympathy, they will naturally convey and receive messages from one another. The action of the brain is similar to that of a phone in its ability to generate waves. We do, in fact, project thought waves which are capable of penetrating space and affecting a brain that is in sympathy with our own. If two minds are in perfect accord, there is a double force at work between them. Not only is there the actual power of the spoken word, but also the power of the projected thought, which reaches the brain as surely as the sound waves reach it through the ear. For this reason, a mind that is in perfect harmony with another will gather meanings and thoughts that are not actually expressed in words. The spoken word is merely an indication of the complete thought that is in the mind, and only a sympathetic brain will gather the whole of the message. It is easy to see that the gift of sympathy, developed to perfection, must exercise a very beneficial influence, even upon the most practical affairs of life. If it enables you to gain someone's complete thought, it must necessarily help you in any dealings you may have with them. Half-knowledge cannot be as helpful as complete knowledge. A person may hold back part of their thought in conversation because they are shy or because they are diffident or for many other reasons. If you can gather the thought that is withheld, you are so much the wiser and you will surely gather it, if your sympathy is perfect enough. There is another way that the power of sympathy is a practical help in life. 
People with whom you can sympathize fully are people whom it is good for you to know. If your own sympathies are blunted, you cannot give back what another may give you, and you may thereby lose a good friend. If you know your sympathies are acute and sensitive, and you feel no corresponding sympathy from any given person you chance to meet, you can be sure that you have few thoughts in common and have no good to gain from them. The truth of this fact is very well illustrated in married life. People who have lived together for many years have often been observed to grow like each other. This is perfectly natural to anyone who has studied the potent forces of the mind. We know that our thoughts affect us physically, and that our minds are consequently reflected in our bodies. It is perfectly natural, then, that a married couple, in perfect sympathy with each other, transmitting similar thoughts to each other, and thus developing the same habits of mind, should find the same physical changes taking place in their features. Where there is no sympathy between husband and wife, there is unhappiness. Perfect love must include perfect sympathy. Indeed, when passion has died, love remains only because it has perfect sympathy. If it is true that good thoughts draw people together, it must equally be true that antagonistic thoughts will send them apart. The sympathetic person can safely trust their instincts. If a mind that is profoundly sympathetic cannot awaken an echoing sentiment in another brain, it is clear enough that there is antagonism, and an absence of that harmony without which there cannot be true trust and friendship. Sympathy is the key that unlocks the door of every heart. You cannot get at the best of friendship or understand the meaning of life without this gift. It solves many a riddle of human nature that otherwise would remain unanswered. Sympathy is not a virtue possessed by a few gifted individuals only. It is part of the mental equipment of every one of us, but it is more highly developed in some than in others. Clearly it is a gift that is well worth cultivating, until it becomes as natural as breathing. The physical aids to the cultivation of sympathy are in the eyes and the voice. A clear understanding gaze and a soft tone of voice help the mind to transmit its sympathetic force. Get into the habit of looking at things from the point of view of the person you are talking to. This habit will broaden your own mind and enable you to appreciate the outlook of every class of society. The golden rule of life is to make allowances for everyone but yourself. If you do that, others will make allowances for you, and they will not find much difficulty in doing so. Remember that every person you meet has the same divine element in them that you have. 
If you will only sympathize with every individual, you will be sure to find it, and in finding it you will lose self-consciousness, you will enlarge your mental outlook, and you will become a worthy member of society. We can only get the full value out of life by possessing the widest sympathies. If we can share the joys of others, we increase our own joys. You can get something good out of every person you meet if your sympathies are large enough. And unless you can enter into the minds of other people of varying tastes and points of view, you can never understand what life is. You may read books, you may go to plays, you may travel, and you may theorize in your mind, but you can have no real practical knowledge of life until you understand human nature. All the books in the world cannot teach you so much as the book of life, and in understanding life, you will understand books, plays, and places as you never understood them before. There can be no doubt that it is the duty of each of us to take our part in society. This duty is a double one. We owe it to society, and we owe it to ourselves. The keynote of life is duty to one's neighbor, and our neighbors are all about us. There are people we meet who need our sympathy. There are others who need our help, and others who need encouragement. In every gathering of people, we should be cheerful, bright, and interesting, not only to please them, but because by doing so, we can draw them out and do good to ourselves. It is our duty to shine in society in a quiet way, so that we may give pleasure to those with whom we are brought into contact. Life to be complete must be many-sided. We can learn to look on the humorous side of things from one person. We can learn patience from another. One person can teach us optimism. Another can teach us to love literature. The scientist can show us how to appreciate the marvels of nature. The child even can teach us faith, trust, love, and the habit of looking on the bright side of things and forgetting our troubles and disappointments. Some people can get endless pleasure out of a garden. Other people can tell you things about music or art that will make a concert or gallery a revelation to you. You can learn what the experience of others has been, and in times of crisis, you will be able to profit by that experience. By studying others and pleasing them, you will learn how to manage people, and you will know better how to rule yourself. Don't forget, that you get from the world just what you give it. If you give sympathy, trust, hope, and brightness, you will get all these things in return. You will find that life is not merely your life, 
but the life that permeates the whole universe. You can forget your own disappointments in the triumphs of others. From others you can gain courage and strengthen your self-reliance. You were not meant to stand alone in the world. There is help and encouragement for you to be drawn from other people. What you need to strengthen your own individual weakness, you will find in those you meet. All you have to do is to give abundantly of your gift and of your sympathies, and you will always receive the same in return. Some will give you strength, others will give you wisdom, and still others will give you joy. All the people you meet are sent to you that you may learn from them. You are to learn all you can, so that you in your turn can serve those who wish to learn from you. Life is a great cooperative society. We depend upon each other, and we should help and sympathize with each other. But we can only help by becoming wise. We can only become wise by learning from others, which means we must sympathize. Without sympathy, we are without all that life holds dear. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Get the best of our podcast in heirloom hardcover or digital ebook by visiting inspirationallifelessons.com. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.